0: Let's go, Brandon! I agree. With your host, Brandon Okuma. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of the Let's Go Brandon Okuma podcast. I want to start off by thanking you all who are listening. I encourage you to continue to listen and invite others to listen as well. If you're unsure what kind of podcast this is, it is a political podcast. I'll be talking about current, past and future events going on. We sometimes hear and don't hear about a lot of the things that are going on in this wonderful country, the United States. I'm here to clear some of that up, get you the accurate information you need, and present you with my beliefs on what's going on as well. I'll leave my email address at the the end of the podcast for anyone who has any questions, concerns, even hate mail, or debatable material. I'll check those out and then answer the questions in the following podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. We have now moved into the year 2022. I want to do a quick recap on what happened in 2021. That way, we don't forget. Um, January, uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris moved into the White House, and we are so lucky to have elected unarguably already the worst administration in the history of the United States. Unemployment is up. Inflation is up. We have record-breaking illegal entrances into the United States, Drug overdoses, also record-breaking. We were told by Joe Biden that if he was elected, the first thing he would do is stop the China virus. He has not done that. Lockdowns continue throughout the year. Vaccine mandates were put into place. Jesse Smollier, if you can remember him, he was convicted of his hate crime hoax. Kyle Rittenhouse was rightly found not guilty. Biden's monthly job recovery continued uh, to come up short each month from what was projected. Kamala Harris went into hiding and would continue to laugh at any hard questions asked of her that she didn't want to answer. <laughs> okay. how do you, how do you... Whoa, that was a little scary. AOC wore taxed tax-the-rich dress to a party so she can hang out with the rich. Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline and somehow gas prices rose. Andrew Cuomo resigned from New York governor after being a perv. Afghanistan was given up to the Taliban which is a terrorist group, by the way, and 13 of our U.S. military members were killed during that. There was the Waukesha Christmas Parade massacre that left six dead and many others injured. Democrats were caught multiple times not wearing masks, going to party in Republican states, all while forcing mandates on people in their own states. And the big blow of 2021 was the passing of Betty White. Now, if 2021 was that crazy, I'm sure we'll need to buckle up for 2022. I hope everyone's having a good year so far. You got your New Year's resolutions. I hope you keep those going. Um, If you haven't heard from the media yet, and I'd be surprised if you didn't, because this is all they talk about or care about. It's their baby. January 6th has recently passed, and I want to talk about that a little bit. First off, I don't think it should have ever happened. Secondly, there were people there with bad intent. There were people there who I believed were just following the crowd, um, ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, With that said, Democrats have compared multiple times now that January 6th is comparable to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. I'm going to assume anyone who actually thinks that is an idiot. 2,403 Americans died during Pearl Harbor. 2,977 people were killed in 9-11. Do you know how many were killed on January 6th? One, her name was Ashley Babbitt. She was there at the Capitol. She was killed on the Capitol. She was the single victim killed while in the Capitol building. Um, I don't think what happened on January 6th should have ever happened, like I said. But the fact that people are comparing it to 9-11 in Pearl Harbor is absolutely ridiculous. And just to show you, here's Kamala Harris doing just that. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Speaking of January 6th, I'm not sure if anybody has caught the clip of Ted Cruz asking senior FBI official Jill Sanborn about the January 6th escapade. Um, It's something you should definitely hear. You should take a listen and uh, maybe have some thoughts on. So here it is. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the, the events of January 6th? January, 6th, yes or no? January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents did or FBI confidential FBI agents informants account. commit crimes of violence on January 6th? Sixth. I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents any F- or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sixth. Sir, I can't answer that. So Tucker Carlson showed this clip on his show, and I had some similar questions that he did. Um, pretty much what Tucker said was, um, if the, this line of questioning was so absurd their normal response would be from Jill, no, are you crazy? The FBI doesn't involve itself in something like that. Um, Instead, what she does is usually what political hacks who have something to hide um, do, which is refuse to answer. I'm sure we're all wondering why she didn't just say no, but after those answers, I encourage you to keep a curious mind about this. I think liberals and Democrats will uh, will call it a conspiracy, I think in time we'll find out and when we do it might just be one more of those things that blow up in Democrats faces because it might turn out to be true who knows Um, I'll be sure to keep you updated on that as time goes on before I move on to my next topic I want to give a shout out to a music artist I enjoy listening to who is someone I think you all should check out he goes by the name Brooksy b-r-o-o-k-s-y he's a great guy he's got a great family give him a listen he's got good stuff Alright, so I want to talk about a pandemic, and it's not the fake one you guys are probably thinking of right now. This is more of an epidemic, and it should be more concerning than what people have made COVID out to be, I think. There's hundreds of thousands of people who have lost someone in their life to drug overdoses. The U.S. is on a dangerous track, and it's something we should be paying more attention to. Uh, This past year, we hit a record-breaking 100,000-plus drug overdoses, and this is from the CDC So provisional data from the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics indicates that there were an estimated 100,306 drug overdose deaths in the United States during a 12-month period ending in April 2021, which is an increase of almost 30% from 78,000 deaths during the same period the year before. I also want to point out that the highest percentage in deaths um, are... The ages from 25 to 54—that is, overdose deaths. This age this age range accounts for close to three quarters of drug overdoses. Unlike COVID deaths, where the age range uh, 50 and older accounts for 93% of COVID deaths, and 75% of COVID deaths are from people who are 65 years of age or older. Um, now, the big difference, obviously, is that the majority of the people who are overdosing. Are much younger than those who are passing from COVID. Um, You'd think if we put as much effort into the war on drugs as the government is putting into the war on U.S. citizens over COVID maybe we would just get a better handle on overdoses and steer it back the opposite way of where we're heading right now. Um, I think the handling at the U.S. uh, Mexico border has a lot to do with this as well. Um, According to the DEA Mexico or Mexican TCOs which are transitional criminal organizations, like the cartels, are the greatest drug trafficking threat to the United States. They control the most. They control most of the U.S. drug market and have established very transportation routes. Have advanced communication cap- capabilities and hold strong affiliations with criminal groups and gangs in the U.S. That's directly from the DEA. So, if the majority of drugs are crossing the border, why do Democrats not want to shut it down and secure it? Here's some striking statistics for you from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. In 2019, the amount or the total of border encounters in 2019 were 9,000 or 977,509 encounters. 2020 uh, was almost half at 458,000 and 2021 was twice, almost twice the amount of 2019 and almost four times the amount of 2020 with 1,734, almost 35,000 encounters at the U.S. border. And um, just to give you an idea, when Biden came into the office in January, the first month in February... Was the it hit over a hundred thousand encounters? Jumped in March 173, it stayed over a hundred thousand. July hit two hundred thousand encounters, August two hundred thousand, and it has been hanging around the high one hundred thousands, low two hundred thousand since. And that's a ton. Um, Now, I have family who has been in the law enforcement, and they haven't. Counter drug cartel grows um, that they do off the grid, hidden in the mountains on U.S. soil, uh, because it's a lot easier to grow here, you know, get in, grow it, and then get it transported that way. This is something I think we should all be putting more effort into, but instead we're heading towards legalization of a lot of different drugs that can be laced and kill someone. Um, I had an experience once with someone who had OD'd on fentanyl. I walked out of the shower in a hotel room. They were lying on the bed, non-responsive, not breathing, and they were turning pale. At the time, I had no medical experience. I had no idea what to do. I called someone uh, close to me who was there. Um, I called them over. 911 was was called, and we were able to get them breathing again before the police and medic showed up. Um, He turned out to be fine when all was said and done, Uh, but if I hadn't been there, he had been dead. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even supposed to be in that room at the time. I was supposed to be in a different room that was full of people. I needed to shower uh, to get ready for an event. Um, Since that room was full, that person let me shower in their room. Um, When I finished, that's what I walked out to. Um, I understand now that there's thousands of people who encounter something similar to that every day. And it's a shame. Uh, More isn't being done about that. Uh, Instead, the government is zoned in on a fictional crisis that only they're fueling, uh, where they're so worried about it that they're allowing illegal immigrants to come into the U.S., not vaxxed, just released into the interior. Uh, Meanwhile, your job, your business, and quite frankly, your livelihood is being suppressed. But that's something we can talk about next episode. So keep an eye out because I look forward to talking more COVID with you next time. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next episode. And let's go, Brandon. Yeah, they're canning. Let's go If you're trying to reach me, have questions, concerns, even hate mail, please send them to my email, LGBO at lgbopodcast.com.